All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I am your host, Jay Taylor. And as I like to remind you every week, I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. And my company, Taylor Hard Money Advisors, is in partnership with Chen Lin, who publishes an excellent newsletter called What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? And we do have an introductory offer for both of those letters. Um, my letter, as well as Chen's, you can call Claudio Bossi at 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426, or you can simply go to our website at miningstocks.com. That's M-I-N-I-N-G-S-T-O-C-K-S dot com. like to tell you also that you can go to J. Taylor Media, that's J-A-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R Media, Dot com to access this radio show, uh, all uh, both Chen's letter and my letter, as well as a number of other things that I do uh, from time to time uh, in this business of investing mostly in resource stocks. I'd like to also uh, let you know that you can follow me on Twitter under the um, actually uh, jtaylormedia.com uh, handle. Uh, or J. Taylor Media. Uh, our sponsors, uh, we want to thank them for making this show economically viable. For the first hour of today's show, our sponsors are Airway Energy, Brazil Resources, Eurostar Gold Corp., Liberty Silver Corp., and Eurasian Minerals. Also, I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, I want to just uh, give a little bit of an update on our sponsors, uh, Airway uh, energy uh, is uh, now trading at about 54 cents. It slipped a bit from the last from last week. The markets in general are very weak today and have been weaker in the last couple of days. Uh, there's uh, some news from Airway is that they uh, have acquired uh, they announced an acquisition agreement on uh, on an oil property. And I think we also told you last week that they have made a new uh, oil discovery, uh, the size of which I guess is yet to be uh, confirmed, but at least they've. Uh, this is a company that has nice profits, is growing very nicely internally from internally generated funds, keeping its share count down at 54 million shares, selling at 54 cents, and it's in a very safe area uh, operating in Alberta, Canada. Uh, Brazil Resources, another sponsor of ours, is selling at $1.3, 41.3 million shares outstanding Brazil has recently uh, just announced they have acquired uh, APA High, the APA High project. Uh, they also made a, uh, another uh, acquisition recently um, that we talked about last week. I think Brazil Resources is a company you want to keep your eye on. It's very well managed. Uh, Amira Nani heading up that company is a, has an excellent track record and, and very highly regarded in the industry. Brazil with 41.3 million shares outstanding and I'm just selling a little over a dollar a share. Eurostar Gold Corp has fallen back a lot in its share price, but uh, I don't see this as any uh, less uh, uh, favorable than I did before when it was selling much higher. It's at 22 cents today, again, in a very weak market, 34.5 million shares outstanding. Very, uh, Some very deep pockets behind this company, some very good management. I think a, a, a group of guys that have done very well in the past with an excellent opportunity in Mexico. Liberty Silver Corp., I'm not really sure what's going on there. I did notice that the SEC has halted trading from this company, waiting for further news on that. Uh, and Eurasian Minerals, though, is really the story uh, of the day. Eurasian Minerals has shown a considerable amount of strength in its share price over the last number. Actually, yesterday, it was up uh, a good percentage move up and then finished uh, with uh, at the close with some profit-taking. Today, it shot up, oh, it was up, um, I don't know, 12%, 11%, 12% at one point in time. As we were going to uh, to start this show, 
I think it was up around 9 or 10%. So another very good move, Eurasian Minerals, which is certainly one of my favorite picks. It is a company that I like very much because it is a project generator company. And uh, it's up 20 cents. The last I looked today at $2.45, 71.2 million shares outstanding. Uh, really, uh, the company has come up with um, uh, some good assays, some very, very favorable assays, I would say, from its uh, project in Turkey. Let's see if I can get, yes, here it is. Uh, they announced 26.1 meters averaging 4.47 grams of gold per ton, 16.39 grams of silver per ton. Uh, that was one announcement that I've seen. There was another one also with some very high lead, um, lead and zinc and silver numbers that came out from their, uh, from a property in Turkey. I think it's the same property in Turkey. Uh, yeah, here it is. Um, 18 meters averaging 13.83% lead, 4.68% zinc, and, um, 110 grams per ton silver, uh, on the, uh, uh, Balya property in, uh, Turkey. Uh, and the other uh, project that I just talked about was the uh, Ankara, Ankarka uh, joint venture property uh, in northwestern Turkey. In any event, the event, uh, the idea behind Eurasian Minerals is that this is a project generator company with lots of cash on its balance sheet. It has now recently acquired um, uh, Bullion Monarch. It's a company with about six, a little over six million dollars of uh, royalty cash flow coming in a year now. But it will be, uh, I think that those numbers will be expanding very dramatically in the number of years ahead as, uh, as Newmont Mining is expected to expand and some of those royalties are higher than the ones that they're getting now. So I think it's very, we're going to see rising cash flows for Eurasian minerals in my view over the years to come. But of course the big deal for Eurasian minerals is it has properties in Australia, Turkey, Haiti, uh, in, um, in Russia now, in Alaska. Uh, in Nevada, and these are properties that are large-scale targets that are being funded by major mining companies putting huge bucks into the exploration and development. So Eurasian Minerals should be able to keep its share count more or less where it is now at around 71.2 million uh, shares and uh, with cash flow coming in. Uh, in my view, the probabilities are very high that one or more of these major targets are going to come in with a major hit. This is the beauty of the project generator model is that you can keep the shares from ever expanding. The biggest risk I think uh, investors face with the junior mining sector is uh, that of, uh, of dilution because companies have to raise capital, put high-risk holes in the ground, uh, and the project generator model uh, – goes out, uses intellectual property to stake out great properties, and then has uh, other companies come in and spend their money uh, to put the high-risk uh, holes in the ground. Of course, they're giving up a percentage of their property, usually a majority of the property, uh, but they're not uh, wasting away shareholders' uh, equity. And in the meantime, uh, you find something big, uh, and uh, it works out very well. Uh, there's Rick Rule that said on this show some time ago, that he always statistically uh, always does better, has done better uh, in the past with project generators. That's where he makes his money. The other, uh, it's difficult uh, investing in the exploration sector. It's very, it's a very specialized area of, of investing, uh, and uh, so we're very pleased today. We're going to have Brent Cook coming on at about 3:30 today to talk to us about. Uh, some of the pitfalls, some of the risks to be uh, mindful of as you invest in the uh, in the junior exploration sector. And um, Brent uh, is a geologist. Uh, in fact, he was and has been an advisor to Rick Rule, who Doug Casey called uh, the smartest investor in the world. I think those were the words that Doug used on a show that we had in the past. Uh, Rick Rule is is uh, Rick Rule is no fool. Let's put it that way. He's a very very bright investor. He used. Uh, Brent Cook, and uh, we're going to be fortunate to have Brent with us today, again, to talk about some of the pitfalls in exploration, um, in mine, that is, in investing in exploration stocks, and I think we're going to hear uh, about a couple of Brent's favorites today as well um, when he comes to us between 3.30 and 4 o'clock. Now, Brent will be with us. Um, we, were supposed to have, uh, we were supposed to have Greg Pallast with us. Uh, and uh, he canceled out for a second time, so I'm, I'm disappointed that Greg's not with us, but certainly Brent coming on is a, um, in some ways actually uh, is, is a positive event um, 
is a positive development over Mr. Palace because one of the things I want to do with this radio show as we go into the next season and, and into the next number of years ahead is to really focus more on how to make money. Yeah, we'll still talk about social injustice. We'll still talk about the equity markets. We'll talk about what's going on in the economy and how those damages, uh, you know, how, how uh, policies are causing problems. But we also want to talk about how policies are creating opportunities. And so it's the idea of let's not just gripe and complain about what's wrong with the world, but let's find ways to, if we can't fix it, to at least try to, uh, to do something good uh, for uh, for our families and to help our uh, help our listeners survive what I think could be very very difficult times ahead we are seeing I think uh, in in uh, in an, ec- an economic environment now that uh, is more troublesome than anything that I've seen in in my um, in my 60 plus years of life on this earth it is a very difficult environment with uh, with huge amounts of debt that cannot be repaid uh, and uh, we're going to talk then uh, in the second hour of today's show, we're going to be talking with Hank Thomas. He's written a book called A Broken Sausage Grinder, and he's talking about what's gone wrong in the American uh, government, in the American society. Why are we so, why is there so much contention now uh, in the political debate? Why can't we, uh, why, why is there such a loss of civility? Why are people so angry with each other? Uh, well, we're going to talk to Mark to Hank Thomas, his excellent book called A Broken Sausage Grinder that is really a great uh, history um, of early America. It really talks a lot about the founding fathers. Uh, in the back of the book, there is um, uh, the Declaration of Independence, the, uh, the Articles of Confederation, as well as the Constitution. Uh, but he provides some great history uh, and helps, us, helps remind us of what America was all about, uh, why it was created, and what made it special. So we're going to talk to uh, Hank Thomas and find out Hank uh, really wants to see us try to mend uh, the injuries, the difficulties, and try to help people get along again. I mean, that's the purpose. Uh, we can all hope and uh, hope for that in the future, no doubt about that. Uh, but in the meantime, um, you know, there's a limited amount that each of us can do to try to change the big picture. So what we really have to focus on, and what I want to do more on this show, is focusing on how can we uh, survive, how can we profit, recognizing the problems as they are, then how can we turn those from uh, negatives into positives, if not for a society as a whole, for at least for our families. So helping us also in that regard, in just a, a few seconds when we come back after our first break, will be Chen Lin. I'm really pleased to have Chen back with us. We haven't talked to him in a couple of months, I believe. Chen will be here to give some of his ideas, and, and certainly Chen's ideas are worth listening to. As we've said many times in this show before, Chen has done an excellent job, more than an excellent job, of investing, and so his words of wisdom will be greatly appreciated. So we're going to go to our break now, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Chen Lin. Don't go away. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Eurostar Gold Corporation is re-examining well-known properties in Mexico using modern exploration knowledge and tools to access the riches that others only dreamed of. Eurostar has announced positive drilling results on all three of its Mexican gold properties in 2012. Drilling continues at the flagship El Antimonio property, where over 60% of Phase 1 drill holes have returned significant gold mineralization over wide intervals. Through its aggressive exploration strategy, experienced leadership, and loyal shareholder base, Eurostar is poised to give new life to valuable gold resources. Visit www.euristargold.com for more information. Are you feeling slammed and suckered in today's stock market? If so, then you need to tune in to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, Jordan Kimmel will train you in what you can do to beat up the big boys on Wall Street, as well as share his secrets to success so that you can buy and sell like a profit-pumping pro. Grab the bull market by the horns and listen to Profitable Investing with Jordan Kimmel. Every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the bottom line of business talk, Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me once again, it's been a long time, uh, Chen Lin. Uh, Chen is no stranger to those of you who listen to this show on a regular basis, but he has had a remarkable track record of investing uh, for his family, and he's done very, very well. So it's really pleased to have really pleased to have Chen with us. And uh, Chen's newsletter, uh, What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? Uh, is available uh, to uh, to investors, people who would like to uh, subscribe and take advantage of Chen's uh, stock picking uh, expertise. And um, you know, he he buys the stocks, he does his own research, he finds something that really excites him, and then he passes that information on to you. Uh, and he does uh, at times buy things. Usually does buy things before he recommends it. But that is stated up front. Uh, if you uh, you want to take advantage of his stock picking uh, expertise, well, you have that opportunity to do it. Uh, but um, so uh, the record speaks for itself. Chen has turned a small amount of money into a very nice uh, a nice uh, investment uh, right now. And so uh, really pleased to have you again, Chen. Good to be good to have you back. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Chen, you've been uh, traveling a little bit. You've been out west. You've visited several properties in the United States. Uh, where, where have you been? Oh, mostly Nevada, you know, Arizona. So, you know, that, that area, south, north of Nevada. You, you pick up some things that you really like there, or are you just uh, pretty much in the uh, scouting phase of your due diligence? I mean, the scouting phase. I also visit some properties, uh, you know, as on my newsletter. Mm-hmm. And um, what what is your view now for the mining sector in general, for the equity? I mean, I know that you've done very, very well in areas other than than the mining stocks. I mean, you you recently picked up a, a biotech stock, and that was a home run for you. Uh, perhaps you can talk a little bit about Sarepta Therapeutics, which uh, SRPT uh, in the United States trades. Uh, talk to our listener to our listeners about Sarepta Therapeutics. What's the story there? Yeah, it's basically uh, the uh, uh, it's a, if there's a deadly disease uh, right now. There's a no cure. Uh, they basically affecting young boys called Duchenne muscular disorder. DMD. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, they will lose. You know, they cannot walk till till uh, when they are 12 years old. They, mm-hmm. they will be on wheelchair at 12 years old. Then they will lose the uh, ability to to hold a cup of water mm-hmm. in a few years, and they will die. You know. Uh, in the twenties, early twenties. So there's no cure of that. It's a genetic. Uh, this company has a new potentially groundbreaking drug for them, and I was very, very delighted. Uh, you know that really helped those sick patients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, the investment thesis is that you know biotech is it's not easy. It's very, very difficult. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of fun. A lot of people uh, f- uh, following them. Uh, there's a lot of manipulation of, of the stocks. And what I found was, uh, it's, uh, originally it came from, uh, ideas came from a shareholder of Mar Resource. Okay, they mm-hmm. gave me the idea. And uh, there was some uh, very good internet video on this. And uh, the basic mom of those uh, boys who went, mm-hmm. through the, uh, went through, through the trial, they said, wow, this is great. You know, he start walking again. He has more energy after the trial. They start running again. So what those does, I mean, watching those videos uh, gave me a very, very important clue is that this drug is very, very effective. So I was able to accumulate a very large quantity of the share and the core options before the results was released. Mm-hmm. Remember, the, the results, because it's a very rare disease, okay, uh, so there's not a lot of... Uh, you know, boys, in you know, the 12 boys only, the, only four is on the maximum dose of the Sraptica drug. So only four boys, and then two of the boys' mom spoke out, say the boy did tremendously. Huh. The, 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 so that tells you that the test is going very successfully. So, so I, I, I use those information 
just accumulate a very large, uh, you know, position of the stock. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, Chen, there were 12 boys in the trial, or four boys in the trial? No, 12 boys. 12 boys. Four, four and two boys use maximum dose. Uh-huh. Four boys use median dose. Four boys has no, has a basic placebo. So has I see, sure. No and, then, and so two of the four that had the maximum dose, the mothers of two of the four at least spoke out. We don't know about the other two, I guess. Right, at that time. Okay, that was mm-hmm. before the trial result, but that's already gave you a very, very important clue, right? I mean, just for investment point of view. Uh, that's why I put in my newsletter, I say, you know, this time, because of Internet age, because all, all these uh, things uh, propagate so quickly that we have advantage mm-hmm. instead of all these uh, well-connected Wall Street bankers, right, yeah. or some fund managers. They use usually biotech. They have completely advantage over individual investor. You individual investor always has a losing end. I mean, mostly, and not always. You know, yeah. most likely in a losing end, and I lost money in biotech before. So I was very cautious. But however, those reports, those videos, make me think. Actually, I have the advantage, and I can see the results will be good. So I, I made my bet before result came out, and. Uh, I sold my co-options. I think uh, some sold at 15 bagger, more than mm-hmm. 15 bagger, and some even higher. I, I didn't disclose because it's higher call, obviously, you know, mm-hmm. higher risk co-options even better. Sure. So, uh, well, well let me ask you this, Chen. I mean, if I would have seen that video, I might have said, how do I know that it's true? I mean, uh, you, you mentioned that there's a lot of games that are played in the in the biotech sector. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how you had a sense. I mean, you couldn't know for sure that it was true, but... What made you, what convinced you that it was likely true? The mother doesn't lie, right? Uh-huh. I mean, those are the mom. <laughs> yeah, it's hardly, it's hardly the case that a mother would go out there and, and uh, show those emotions and, and try to, uh, you know, be elated about uh, something if it wasn't true. She would, it would be very difficult for most mothers to do that, I suppose. So right. you picked up on that and you suggested to your subscribers that they buy this stock at, at what price was it ten twelve dollars eight dollars something in that range yeah start at eight dollars but when i saw the video that's already ten dollars uh-huh. i bought the core options so it was uh-huh. a little bit late of of course but i wasn't fully convinced you know yeah. what i'm saying it's like you but when i saw the video i fully convinced i not only i bought a lot you know a lot more stock i bought core options which actually those are actually doing fantastic yeah. record, you know, 15 bagger or more, some of yeah. them are much more than that. Well, congratulations, Chen. It's just another example. It's not the only sort of home run that you've hit. Uh, I would say maybe more like a grand slam home run. Uh, let me ask you then, though, about while you're on the you, – you mentioned that Sarepta was a, a name that was brought to you by – uh, another subscriber of yours, perhaps that uh, or someone that you knew that bought Mart Resources. Uh, what, how's Mart doing? What's your outlook for that? Now it is paying a nice dividend. What's paying twenty cents a year on a on a stock price is about a dollar seventy or something like that. Yeah, it's a very stable stock if you realize. So um, my my take is, you know, look uh, when company first start paying dividends, especially Nigeria company, a lot of people were wondering, are we going to really receive the dividend? Yeah. Show up, it show up first. Special dividend, 10 cents, show up. 5 cents, show up. Okay, there will be next dividend and next dividend. And then after three, four times, people will start, you know, expecting dividend regularly. So I think, you know, then people will think, oh, this is a nice dividend-paying stock, right? So then, you know, the... People will value it as a dividend stock. I think it's you know worse. The, the, the yield is too high. You know, right? How can the dividend yield double digit? Right? It should go below double digit. That's bring the stock to to two dollars. That's but it will take some time. You know, it may take a, a few months and maybe longer. And stock will have up and down. Anything violent in Nigeria? Any other issues? The stock sure. will come down. Sure. And it can go up. Sure. So, uh, Meantime, you just keep uh, clipping your coupons or getting your te- your five cent a quarter dividends, yeah. I guess, uh, as long as the company continues to produce cash flows and is uh, producing oil. You're quite bullish on the growth of this company, are you not? Over longer term, Chen? Yes, over longer term. You have to have a long term perspective. Uh, the uh, when they build a pipeline to with Shell, okay, next year, sometime next year, mm-hmm. the production can double, triple. Or even more, right? Mm-hmm. Because the pipelines are very big, 
Yes. Chen, Chen, you picked up the stock at what price about? Did you tell your subscribers about it? Yeah, about 15 cents. So, 15 cents. Uh, so 15 cents, it's $1.70 now. This is another home run that you've hit. You've had several others in the past. Let me ask you, we just have a few more minutes here yet. I, I want to ask you about um, uh, Pedicilia Minerals. This is uh, one of the mining stocks that you're involved with uh, that you, you've invested. What's the story with Pedicilia? Yeah, this is a very uh, funny situation. In that, in Canada, they raise $6 billion. They borrow almost $2 billion. They're paying you know, more than $10 million per month just on the interest alone. <laughs> they cannot build a mine. That's the problem. They, they have to, their half of the mine is in the particular concession. So this oh. is going to be, I mean, I would say this is going to be a scandal of the year. Uh, you know, so they are in on the hot seat. They try to buy, hostile takeover, a particular at 48 cents, and obviously the shareholder doesn't believe it. It's at 63 right now, 63 cents right now. So I see it's much higher. There's an analyst just uh, talked to the management not long ago. That's last week. It's after the email, email announcement. He gave uh, the target of $1.70. Okay, mm-hmm. that's analysts believe uh, worth it. So we'll see. Uh, I think uh, uh, Inmat have six billion dollar to lose. I think it's uh, you know fair to say for them to pay a few hundred million, you know, to secure the line, right? Right. And what's Pedicilia selling at now? About sixty cents or so. Sixty-three cents. Yeah, about a hundred thirty million. I think it's way too uh-huh. way too cheap. Yeah, they also uh, not only they have uh, I think they have some uh, infrastructure uh, construction type activities uh, there as well, don't they? Yeah, and they Panama. also have a spin now. First of all, the particular when I bought it is just too cheap. Okay, for one hundred thousand ounce, five hundred dollar gold producer is way too cheap. I also have a construction company that's involved in Panama Canal, mm-hmm. you know, and in Matt, in Matt, eventually in Matt, uh you know, other. The project with with Imad project, so it 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 has a lot of value there, and uh, you know people just selling, uh, you know, as if the company going to go to go to ground, <laughs> going to go bankrupt. And we met we met Richard Fiverr together. Yes, yes, we did. And uh, Chen, they also have a, a project or two in in Portugal and Spain. I think they were planning to to ship some of the ore to Panama. Is that still in the plans? Yeah, I was still in the plan last time I checked. Of course, yeah. you know, those, those things can change because right now it's really the inmat, right? Inmat, really, inmat, they say, basically say 48 cents they want, they can spin off the, the Spanish property. Uh, if they raise the offer, they probably will do the same thing. So eventually, Patagonia will, will just be a Spanish mining company. I just don't see there's any way out for inmat without yeah. buying Patagonia because they ask the government to take away a Pedicula's land. Can you believe that? Yeah. Oh, that is, oh, so so Inmet went to uh, went to the government, asked him to take away the land from Pedicula. Exactly. They think their government is a Venezuela. Their Chavez is on. Well, know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, so the, the government saying no. Government saying no a few times. Now Inmet has no choice, right? Because they want to build a mine, six billion dollar on deck. They have no land to build it. Well, that's uh, that's very interesting. And it seems as though uh, if the government uh, of Panama uh, um, honors the property rights of Pedicilia, then it seems that shareholders should come out all right on that. Uh, I guess that's that that's a big risk, then, isn't it? So you 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 expect the government will hang in there and and honor the the property rights of Pedicilia, then that they they've seemed to hold to do that so far. They're doing that so far, okay. If and if in the future, you know, Inmet can come in because still Panama, they may be able to bribe the government. I mean, that's possible. Yeah. But yeah. then, you know, look at what Pedicilla can do. Pedicilla can sue them. They can even sue them in Canada because Inmet is Canada company. Yeah. I mean, that, that's <laughs> but, yeah. you know, the, the, the thing is, when you look at a junior versus senior, sometimes. Junior has something on senior. And eventually, all the case resolved, junior being taken over by the senior, right? But the particular has two things, two key things um, in that. It's unheard of in the mining industry. One is this uh, land issue, tailing dam is on particular land. And uh-huh. the second is all the gold of particular actually belong, uh, uh, in that belong to particular, all the gold mm-hmm. war. Mm-hmm. That's also going to be a big, big issue as well. Yeah. So. Oh, this is really, really an interesting situation, Chen. It's uh, as always maybe an opportunity uh, to uh, to do very well with this one. So we'll 
we'll certainly keep uh, keep this in mind. I, we are out of time. We've got to take a break, and uh, but good to have you with us again, Chen. I look Thank forward you, to Dick. talking to you again sometime in the near future. Uh, folks, don't go away. We're going to be right back with Brent Cook. He's going to be with us to uh, talk about uh, some of the risks inherent in uh, the exploration industry, and uh, and maybe he'll give us some of his top picks as well. So we have Chen Lin and Brent Cook in one day. Uh, you can't beat that. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Brent Cook. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Eurostar Gold Corporation is re-examining well-known properties in Mexico using modern exploration knowledge and tools to access the riches that others only dreamed of. Eurostar has announced positive drilling results on all three of its Mexican gold properties in 2012. Drilling continues at the flagship El Antimonio property, where over 60% of Phase 1 drill holes have returned significant gold mineralization over wide intervals. Through its aggressive exploration strategy, experienced leadership, and loyal shareholder base, Eurostar is poised to give new life to valuable gold resources. Visit www.euristargold.com for more information. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to an underlying problem. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theories to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to quadruple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights call 718-457-1426 or visit miningstocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters voice america business network the bottom line in business listening to turning hard times into good times with your host jay taylor if you have a question or comment about today's show jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you can also send an email to questions taylor at gmail.com that's questions the number four taylor at gmail.com now back to our program Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really pleased to have with me Brent Cook. Brent's been with us before, but for those of you who may not be familiar with him, uh, he is a, a renowned exploration analyst and geologist. Uh, he's the author of Exploration Insights. Uh, that's a mining and exploration investment newsletter that you can uh, sign up for at explorationinsights.com. He has over 25 years of experience uh, providing economic and geologic ev- uh, evaluations to major mining companies, uh, resource fund uh, funds and investors, and uh, he has worked in over 50 uh, countries on virtually every mineral deposit type, ranging from grassroots projects through feasibility studies and bank audits as well. He was the principal mining and exploration analyst uh, to Global Resource Investments through 2003. That's a company headed by Rick, Rick Rule, who's been on this show uh, several times in the past. Uh, and he there he provided analysis to retail brokers and two in-house funds. And his newsletter selectively covers, and I should really underscore the word selectively covers, uh, junior mining and exploration investment opportunities. Welcome, Brent. It's really good to have you back. Yeah, thank you, Jay. It's good to be back on. It's, uh, you know, it's good to have someone who's selective on, I must say. There are, uh, you know, there are literally 
well, hundreds, but I guess you could probably number them in a couple of thousand exploration companies out there, companies that have a trading symbol, a ticker symbol, and they trade in, in Canada mostly. Uh, and it's a, it's an industry that is really wrought with a huge amount of risk. I mean, it's one of, I think mining is one of the most difficult businesses in the world to start with. Uh, and then you're looking at the riskiest uh, sector of the mining business. You're talking about exploration companies. That's what you focus on. So you you have a reputation for being uh, very selective and picking only the best. So I guess in that way you can help your subscribers not waste too much time or too much money. I, that's that's the objective. And there's probably in the order of 2,500 exploration companies listed somewhere around the world. Mostly, as you say, in Canada. There's only there's 1,500 in Canada alone, and most of these guys are just out looking for that big discovery. Mm-hmm. And the odds are really, really tough uh, if you take it across the board in that way. And we can get into that in more detail. But certainly this is a very high-risk endeavor, speculation, that involves, you know, science, politics, uh, mining, uh, chemistry. It just, you know, the list mm-hmm. goes on. Oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know, most people that don't follow this sector probably just think it's a matter of digging a hole in the ground and pulling out dirt and pulling out rocks and, uh, they have some vague idea that there's a way of getting the minerals out of the rocks, but they but they don't know how much science goes into it. And as you say, politics, economics, uh, always all those things. Well, let's say you start, you get a call from a company, Brent, and they want you to come and look at one of their properties, and they'd like your your uh, your seal of approval on their project. What sort of things do you look for at the earliest stages? Let's say at the grassroots stages. What do you look for? to tell you that this is a go or that this is a no-go so you can rule out uh, maybe a, a fatal flaw that you see what sort of what are you looking for yeah now that's a good that's a good point um i think just just sitting in in the in my office i can get rid of at least half the projects that people are working on mm-hmm. uh, what i what i look for is the system the geologic system or, or the mineral system i look at i look at what the sort of system is they're looking for uh, does the data available match it? Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, let's, let's take, for instance, a porphyry copper deposit. Mm-hmm. If someone's looking for that, which are the, you know, these are the monsters that the majors are after. Mm-hmm. These are big, big hydrothermal systems. They make big, big uh, footprints, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, where we can recognize the, what changes have occurred to the rocks based on the clay geochemistry and the mineral geochemistry or minerals that have formed as a result of the uh, you know evolution of the magma at, at depth, mm-hmm. so you can start to recognize that right at the surface, or with geophysics, or with your earliest sampling, and that gives you a sense of are they in the right place or are they in the wrong place? Is the system providing those very early geochemical or structural features you need to see that are characteristic of a porphyry deposit? And the same applies to different types of gold deposits, uh, base metal deposits. But that's basically what I look for is is the evidence there that this could potentially host an economic deposit that's significant enough to make it worth our trouble to invest our money in something that's so high risk. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not looking for something small. Mm-hmm. To me, if you're going to be in this game, you're in it for the home run and – you know, that's key. So to, to, to hit a home run, you need an economic deposit. And I want to emphasize economic deposit mm-hmm. that, you know, in theory, what I'm after in my newsletter is something that a major company is going to buy. Right. I don't want to have to try and build a, a mine. I want to have someone smarter than me buy my stock and build the mine. So a major company that can come in with major capital and they have the all the scientific expertise to make it happen and the ability to raise capital, which requires in many cases, if not most, hundreds of millions of dollars of CapEx to get started, right? So, so uh, okay, so you can do a lot of that from your home. You can sit and, I guess, get the uh, the information that's, that's available if they're tr- publicly traded companies or, or the companies will send you, uh, or you can dig into the, the information that's publicly available and determine right from your, from your office uh, whether the right geological system is in place to match what they what they're trying to accomplish or what you think you need to see in order to make it worth your while. Uh, precisely. And then, and then it comes down to, okay, so are the people capable of carrying this forward? Yeah. 
you know, people can really, good people can make something out of nothing, but bad people can really screw up a good deposit or a good right. company. Sure. So the people have to be, and I'm, you know, you do this a lot in your own work, is that, you know, if the people aren't competent both technically and financially, it's really not worth putting money into that company. So are the people the right people to explore this type of deposit? Do they have that background? Is it in the right place jurisdiction-wise? I mean, if it's in Venezuela, it's pointless um, to even think about it. And then it comes down to you know, jurisdiction and and even on a local level, are they in the right province, in the right part of a particular province in whatever country they're in? So it really gets down to looking at all those things before I'll go look at or you know, spend the time and effort to go look at a project. Uh, so would you prefer seeing, or does it matter to you, uh, if a company is headed up by, let's say an exploration company, is headed up by a geologist uh, or a general business person? Uh it's, it's, that's a tough call. I think the people running it um, definitely have to have the technical expertise to, to move a project forward or, more importantly, know when to kill a project. Mm-hmm. But also the management has to have the financial expertise to understand what it's going to take to um, raise money again and again from your shareholders. So they need to understand what the process is in terms of the, the goals that need to be reached that's going to convince people like me that yes, we're onto something or potentially onto something important and we're willing to put more money into it because these guys don't make any money. All the money they get comes from, you know, financings. So, you know, the, the financial side of it is just as important as the geology side. Right. Well, you certainly see, and, and you and I have both seen cases, uh, where people are living pretty well for companies that don't have cash flow and earnings, uh, and they're doing it obviously at, on the, uh, at the expense of shareholders. Do you, do you care, um, Brent? Do you care? To what extent do you care about how much skin in the game management has? I think that's that's real important as well. I mean, basically, we want people working for us that get rich if we get rich. Mm-hmm. That's that's bottom line. So certainly, management should be incentivized and should be, you know, have money in this, not at one cent, but at, at a reasonable price and be willing and able to buy more stock as, you know, when the when the intake is undervalued. Uh, that's really important uh, for sure. You know, you mentioned technical expertise and um, uh, ability to manage, you know, uh, the, the skills that are needed for management. There's also an element that I look for, and I know you do too, and that is character. Uh, we had something called Briex uh, some time ago, and obviously there were people committing fraud involved in that deal. Um, and and I know you know character is something I guess good people can go bad, and um, that happens from time to time. Uh, coming into play then uh, into the regulatory framework after Briex was um, the uh, National Instruments 43101. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about 43101 and you know what that tries to do. It's a Canadian regulation. Uh, what is 43101 about, and do you think it has really uh, helped the average investor uh, with a, a more even playing field? The, the, the 43101 uh, National Instrument up in Canada has been, you know, it's not perfect. Any regulation, you know, kind of infringes on some, you know, makes it difficult for certain things that don't make sense. But overall, I think it's been a real boon and help to investors in this sector. Um, I use it all the time. The company's required to, to, you know, put out a report on certain projects that are a certain level. And in that report, certain things have to be specified, like what was done previously, if there's any metallurgical test work, what the, what the, the deal is with the local landowners. All those things have to be in there, and that's someplace I can go right off the bat, and I always do, when someone presents me with a project or a company uh, to see what has been done in the past. It, it's critical to know those sorts of things and get a sense of where this is going. So it's it has been a big help, and I, I certainly urge anyone to, to go look on CEDAR or through the company website mm-hmm. for those reports. Now, there's, you know, I wish that they would put a lot more data in as to what previously had been done on projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that seems to be a bit of a lacking part of, of the national instrument, but 
it certainly is a big help. Yeah. So it helps you as an experienced uh, mining analyst and a tech, guy with the technical skills. I guess it saves you time if you can find everything in one place and not have to dig around for it, right? It does. And, and you know, something I use, you know, you need screens because there's so many companies out there. But, yeah. And this is something any retail investor can do is go to a company's website and see how the data is presented. Read through the news releases and how the data is presented. And there should always be maps, uh, information on the on what the drill core means, technical data, mm-hmm. um, and and cross sections. There should be a link or, or even the uh, forty three one hundred one report on their website. All that data should be there. And even though you may not understand all of it or what it means, the fact that a company is presenting that tells you at least they're putting the data out there in front of you and. You know, there's there's attempt to convince you with the facts. If that data is missing, it tells you one of two things about the company: either they're they're incompetent, or they're trying to hide something. Either way, it's not a company you want to invest in. So you can just throw that screen that out right away. Yeah. I think that's a really important tool anyone can use. Sure. Well, it's, it certainly is very important, uh, the, the notion that somebody might be hiding something and, uh, or the information is incomplete so suggests sloppiness on the part of management, perhaps. Now, um, with uh, one question that I have, and, and this is uh, one of uh, another person that you would know who writes a newsletter who's, I think, pretty competent, pretty capable, he sort of looks at 43101 as being an advantage to him with his technical skills in that he can, you know, before information, before a 43101 resource is announced publicly, he can go in and look at the data and get some sense of what is there before the public does. And he sees that as a sort of a, an advantage to him as an insider, as somebody, well, insider is the wrong word, as someone with technical skills. Any thoughts about that? Well, I mean, all, all the data is available to everybody. Right. Um, the ability to understand that data is is got to do with your skill level. Sure, that's, sure. That's just the way it is. It's, it's yeah. the same for me. I could, you know, all the data is available on some biotech companies developing this new drug, yeah. but I wouldn't have a clue as to how yeah. to, you know, what it really means. So yeah. I, I see that certainly as an advantage, but that's that's what you pay experts for. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and that's why people should subscribe to your newsletter, no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll give you a chance to tell our listeners what your website is again. Now, uh, I know that one of the, I know that one way that you can reduce some risks, and this is certainly one of my favorite ways of doing it, is to go to, uh, what are known as project generator companies. But, uh, also I'd like to ask you about the streaming model that's employed by Sandstorm, and before that, Silver Wheaton. Silver Wheaton's uh, management ran, came over to Sandstorm. What are your thoughts about Sandstorm or that model uh, in general? Well, I think that model where a company puts money in uh, to a company, and in turn they get a, a set amount of you know silver um, or gold or whatever it is, mm-hmm. as sort of it's almost a royalty, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think it's a brilliant model in, in that you're not exposed per se to the the actual risks of mining, as long as the company, you know, continues to mine, you keep getting your silver. Uh, so no, it's definitely a, a brilliant model. What you've got to watch for though is, as, as this has progressed, they're getting, I'm seeing them getting to more and more risky projects, more and more mm-hmm. earlier stage or less advanced projects. Uh-huh. And that's, you, you want to watch out. I mean, a company may have a fantastic deposit in, say, Argentina, mm-hmm. um, and with a royalty on it, but if the government shuts it down or if the capital costs uh, make it no more, uh, not uh, viable anymore, you sort of lose out on that. So there is some technical due diligence that you've got to, um, you know, assume and trust that the company has done before they actually put the money into the company. But overall, I think it's a very, very smart and much lower risk way to play the, uh, the metals market. Yeah, uh, it, it seems to be one that's worked out very well with Sandstorm being my top pick this year, and it's doing extremely well, but I'm wondering if it isn't getting a little ahead of itself. That's another issue. Wonder Now that you brought up Argentina, and uh, one of the thoughts I, I wanted to ask you about before was, what about political risk? Are there places right now, Brent, that you would not want to go to? If someone called you up and says, I have a, a project in Argentina or in Zimbabwe or someplace. I mean, there are places that you act, will absolutely rule out at this point in time just due to political risk. Almost certainly. I would say Venezuela is one. 
Ecuador's one, Bolivia's one. Um, I'm leery of China, uh, Russia. Uh, those are the you know, top ones that come to mind. They're, they're all pretty obvious. Uh, others, you know, Argentina, I'm not that worried about. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think it goes through these stages, but I'm not, you know, I put Argentina the next level down. Yeah. But certainly there are places I would not go for a number of reasons. All right. So some of the best places, uh, certainly Quebec, Nevada. Or what 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 else would you yeah, say? Uh, Quebec, Canada, Canada, in Canada in general, the Western U.S. in general. I think Mexico's good. Uh, Nicaragua, running down the coast there. Colombia, Chile, mm-hmm. Brazil, uh, Western Africa. A number of the countries there. I actually like Eastern Europe, uh, running down into Turkey. I think that's a great belt of rocks to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia. Those are the places I think are are, are better. Well, speaking of Turkey and Australia, um, we uh, Eurasian Minerals is a company I know that you follow, and I've heard you speak highly of, of it. It is a sponsor to this show, and I see their shares are up very nicely today in a very bad market, generally speaking. Uh, and I've seen some really good numbers coming out of Turkey. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts about Eurasian Minerals? Well, that's 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 the stock that we own in in the uh, Exploration Insights portfolio, and I should mm-hmm. say that. You know, my newsletter is about what I'm actually doing with my money, mm-hmm. what I'm buying and selling and that. So if something's in the portfolio, I own it, and, you know, I say when I bought it, why, and et cetera. Yeah. Uh, we bought this a couple of years ago. Uh, and Eurasian is one of the best companies following the prospect generator model. Mm-hmm. And they've got a number of joint ventures scattered around the world. In Turkey, they're working on some good projects. Um, my suspicion is that what's bumped up Eurasian uh, – today and, and, and such as a, a well-known newsletter writer has, has put out a positive comment on it. So I think that may be what's taking me up today, but I'm, I'm certainly not sure. Okay, well, it's a, it's certainly one that I've liked a lot, and I've really they, – they recently acquired Bullion Monarch, a, a company in, uh, in Nevada that uh, has a royalty, I think a project that Newmont has got into production. Uh, and if I'm – my impression is that that project has uh, – that 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 – uh, that royalty stream that has a chance of growing in in Nevada. Do you have any sense of that? Most certainly, they're right. They're getting about six million a year off of that. Uh, it's in production, and Newmont has what you know rumored to have a, a major discovery to the north of their project in the Leeville uh, Leeville area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure how much of it goes on to Argentine or uh, sorry, Eurasians property. Mm-hmm. But certainly, there's a lot of room, room to grow on that bullion monarch property on on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so Eurasian uh, Eurasian Minerals is certainly one of your favorites. They also have a, they have a project in um, I guess it's early stage, but down in Australia, you mentioned Australia being one of your favorite places politically, uh, with political risk at least um, to invest in. Do you know what do you know about Eurasian Minerals project in uh, uh, in Australia? Yeah, I was down there earlier earlier this year visiting their their project and looked at some projects in New Zealand as well. Um, it's an early stage project. There's a lot of large gold nuggets scattered around mm-hmm. the terrain, and, and the real the real uh, question or mystery is where are these nuggets coming from? Yeah, and they've been working on that, and they've got some you know conceptual ideas of what's going on out there as yet. I haven't seen the data come back to show that we know where these nuggets are coming from. Um, but it's a it's a major play. I mean, these guys pick up you know, hundreds of kilometers of strike along this this trend, this major structure, and they piece it together until they get it to the point where they think they've got a target. And if they come up with one, then they bring in somebody else to to spend the real high risk dollars exploring it. And that's you know we talked earlier about how risky this is. Yes, this project generator model, which is one you're real familiar with too, mm-hmm. it it recognizes the facts of this business and that 95% of the companies are not going to find anything of significance or certainly 95% of the prospects out there are never going to amount to something of economic value. So if you recognize that, it makes a lot more sense to generate the ideas, mm-hmm. uh, bring them to the stage where it's time to spend the heavy, heavy dollars and then bring in somebody else to spend those dollars and you maintain a a percentage of that and go on and generate another and another and another. 
Right. So they're so they're using their intellectual capital, and certainly Eurasian Minerals uh, has uh, some very experienced mining people, very very strong management team, in my view. And I'm sure you must feel the same way, or they wouldn't be on your list. But uh, in, in Australia, then, are they still doing their own work? They don't have a joint venture partner to come in there yet and and spend the big bucks yet. They're still doing the sort of early stage, lower cost work. That's right. They're they're doing some detailed mapping and, and sampling, and probably some trenching. Uh, trying to work out what's going on and, and such, and once they, you know, get the concept together in a real nice, neat package, then they take it to somebody like Newmont and, and bring them into it. Brent, we only have a couple of minutes left here, uh, three or four minutes at most. I want to ask you about a couple of the picks that I heard you talk about on uh, on BNN recently, and uh, assuming they're still companies that you like a lot, Duluth Metals, I think, or Duluth Metals. DM symbol DM 125 million shares. I believe they were trading at about two dollars and fourteen cents earlier today. What, is that still one that you like a lot? It is, and they've got a major uh, base metal deposit: uh, nickel, copper, uh, platinum, and, and gold. That is being brought forward by a company called Antipagasta. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my what I've my determination is that you're you're getting that for free. That's what you're paying for the company. Mm-hmm. They've got just adjacent to it a geophysical target that conceptually is potentially the source of the mineralization. And this, if it's if it's legitimate, if they're drilling proves that this is where it's coming from, we've got a major discovery on our hand. I mean, we're potentially worth billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's a free ride on a real high, you know, high potential um, exploration target. So would you have about a $250 million market cap there now, something like that? Yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, but it's, it's not, not cheap, but nonetheless, uh, you're looking at a major deposit potentially here in the making. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think the deposit they've got in joint venture with Antipagasta covers the $250 million, so it's sort of all upside from there. Yeah. What about uh, Lydian International? There's a couple of minutes left here. If you could just comment on that that's one. A, I that's, a good, that's a good one. We bought that early on. It's a very simple deposit. It's going to be low cost to mine and operate and process and produce gold. It's in Armenia. Armenia is a great place to be exploring and developing a mine. I've been there. And they just put out a uh, feasibility study on it that shows that $1,500 gold is worth over a billion dollars and the market cap 200 and call it 20 million. Hmm. So there's, I think there's some upside there. So that's a present value um, uh, economic assessment or something or? Yeah, it's a full feasibility stage. Full so feasibility, okay. All right, yeah. and you, uh, a couple of others that I noticed that you mentioned, Virginia Mines, that's a project generator, or used to be. Is that still project generator company? They are. Again, these are all my, what I consider low-risk uh, uh-huh. com- uh, speculations. Virginia's got a 2 to 3.5% net smelter royalty on a deposit that they found that Gold Court's putting in production. That's going to be producing about $600,000 600,000 ounces a year, uh, which is going to net back to them between 20 and 30 million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so you're again, you, you do the calculation on it, the net present value on that to Virginia, and you're getting the company for everything else the company's doing for free. Wow. Um, and they've got some great projects that they're advancing in, in Quebec. Well, it's really good, uh, Brent. You always have some great ideas, and I know you work really hard, and uh, and uh, you know you do the best you can for your for your for yourself and for your subscribers. So I want to really thank you for being with us. Uh, tell our listeners again uh, your website so they can avail themselves to your service. Right. Well, it's a pleasure being on here again, Jay. Thank you. Sure. Uh, my website is explorationinsights.com, and on it, you know, my newsletter is basically like I say about what I'm doing with my money in this sector what I'm buying, what I'm not buying, and just insights into the business itself. There's a lot of free information on my website. There's some reports, and uh, there's a geo uh, insights section as well where I've extracted some of my geologic commentary, and that's open to the public as well. So Excellent. You know, there's free Thank information and videos there. Thank you very much, Brent. Unfortunately, we've got to go. We've got to run now because uh, we've got to go to our commercial break. But, folks, don't go away. We're going to be right back with Hank Thomas. He's the author of a book called A Broken Sausage Grinder. We're going to talk to Hank about the, the, uh, the sort of uh, venomous attitude that people have, Americans have, in the political arena now and, and wh- how he thinks that can be resolved. And 
uh, and how we should uh, how we should uh, act accordingly. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Hank Thomas. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network Eurostar Gold Corporation is re-examining well-known properties in Mexico using modern exploration knowledge and tools to access the riches that others only dreamed of Eurostar has announced positive drilling results on all three of its Mexican gold properties in 2012 Drilling continues at the flagship El Antimonio property, where over 60% of Phase 1 drill holes have returned significant gold mineralization over wide intervals. Through its aggressive exploration strategy, experienced leadership, and loyal shareholder base, Eurostar is poised to give new life to valuable gold resources. Visit www.euristargold.com for more information. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 